you were here last Sunday night, I, pre I began preaching on the th subject of it's just a matter of time. If you were here, if you weren't, well, you should have been. Amen. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to read my text again from the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, and um, beginning with verse number 4, and uh, just finish this up. And I've I got a couple of more points that, that I want to make tonight on this, on this thought, on this subject. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and uh, verse number 4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there's power. And who may say to him, What are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. And look at verse 6. Because for every matter there is a time. You see that? For every matter there is a time and judgment. Though the misery of man increases greatly, for he does not know what will happen. Who can tell him when it will occur? And then if you'll flip a couple of pages back to the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, and the very first verse, and we're all familiar with this chapter and with um, this first verse, but he says, Solomon says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. So here Solomon says that there's a season and there's a time for everything and for every purpose under heaven. And he said in the 8th chapter, in that 6th verse, for every matter there is a time and judgment. And so, you know, we know then that the Word of God is saying that there is a time for everything. And people are wondering, you know, as I mentioned last Sunday night, people are wondering what's going to happen in the future. The thing about that is we don't know what's going to take place tomorrow, do we? The Bible says not to boast, for us not to boast about tomorrow because we just don't know what's going to happen or what's going to take place. I've got plans for tomorrow, but those plans could change. Who knows, you know? Um, you know, James said in, the, in his epistle, the epistle of James, he said when, when it comes to things that we don't have the specific will of God on, like going here and going there and buying and selling and doing this and doing that, he said we should always say, if the Lord will, if the Lord will, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll go here and I'll go there. My dad used to always say that. My dad used to always say, you know, uh, well, if, if, if the Lord's will, if I live and the Lord's willing, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And so we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what, um, what's going to take place, um, you know, before we get home tonight. But uh, the Lord does have everything in his hands when it concerns his people when it concerns your life if you have committed yourself to the Lord he's got your life in control and under his control and under his direction and I pray every day just about every day as I'm praying that God for God's will to be done in my life for that day I pray for his direction every day 
I pray for His will to be done in my life every day, and I believe that that's the way we should pray. We should be submitted to the Lord, and we should want His will and His desire for our life. So God, you know, has, has a time for everything. And so there's a parallel phrase, as I mentioned last week, to this, and that is found, um, I think it's found 120 times in the Scripture, where the Scripture says, and it shall come to pass. I love that, where every time the Bible says, and it shall come to pass, that's God saying exactly what He's going to do. And when God says, it shall come to pass, whatever comes after that, you can just mark it down. That's going to be what, the way that it is. You're not going to change that. I'm not going to change that. No politician's going to change it. Nobody. When God says, and it shall come to pass, you can put that in the bank that it's going to be just as the Lord said that it's going to be. Do you agree with that? Amen? So you can mark that down. It's just a matter of time before what God says will happen will happen. So throughout the scriptures, the, the, the Bible has told us things and has said things that are biblical principles and truths that are definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of time. They may not happen instantly. They might not happen when we think that they're going to happen. But it's just a matter of time till the things that God said is going to happen takes place and happens. Okay, are you with me? And so the first thing that we talked about last, um, last Sunday night was found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45 where Jesus said that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. And then Jesus said this, he said, For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So the first thing that we said is that it's just a matter of time before what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Because that's a biblical principle. What's in your heart will eventually escape your lips and come out of your mouth, either in words and in actions. So that's why that we as believers need to guard our heart and need to make sure that what we're putting in our heart is that which is good. Your spirit has a storage capacity, so to speak. You can, you can treasure up good in your heart, or you can treasure up evil in your heart. And whatever's in your heart, in your spirit, in abundance is what's going to show out of your life and, and come forth out of your mouth. You'll eventually speak that out, amen? You'll eventually act that out. That's why it's so important. You know, over and over and over in the Bible, it tells us to, to have our mind renewed. You know, the Bible says, Paul said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's not just talking about your brain, but he's talking about reprogramming and renewing your mind, your, your, your soulish area of your, of, your, of your spirit. Amen. To renew your mind. You've got to learn to think different. And, and, and you know, we've heard it said, and it's true. You, what, you, if, you put, if you're always putting trash in, then what's going to come out? It's going to be trash coming out. Whatever's in you in abundance is what's going to come out of you. Amen. If a person has um, ought or has unforgiveness in their heart, if an individual has, has bitterness and anger built up in their spirit and they, don't, and they don't get control over that and they don't get forgiveness of that, they don't take care of that, then that unforgiveness 
and that bitterness and that hatred that is in there is eventually going to come out in their actions and in their mouth. So, uh, so we have to guard our heart at all times, feed our spirits with the Word of God because it's just a matter of time that what's in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth and come out in your actions. Jesus said in, in Mark chapter 7, He said that, those, that the things that defile a man come from the heart. And He, listed, he gave a list of, of, of adulteries, fornications, and all, all kinds of sins, murders, thefts, and uh, uncleanness, and evil thoughts. All those things, He said, are what defiles an individual. But He said they come from within the heart. That's why you and I have to have a changed heart. That's what the new birth is all about. That's why that, you know, we just can't join a church or turn over a new leaf or just say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stop doing this and start doing right. It takes a change on the inside of that individual. Amen. Doesn't it? You've got you to be born again. You've got to be recreated on the inside. And that inner man, that, that spirit man, that's the part of you that gets born again. And when you get born again, the Bible says that we are His workmanship. We are God. Oh, I'll tell you what, that's awesome. We are His workmanship created it created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. See, good works don't save you. You can do all the good works in the world and good works won't save you. But once you get Jesus in there, you know, you're not doing good works to get saved. You're not doing good works to get justified. You're then doing good works because you are saved and you've been made new in Jesus and you've been recreated. And what has been, what has been done on the inside will always show up on the outside. Come on, amen. And that was, it was typified tonight in this water baptism. That old man goes down and is dead and buried and left in that grave. And what comes up out of that grave? A brand new person, a brand new man. That new man. And, and Paul said, put on the new man, which has been created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen? That's what takes place on the inside of you. So what's in your heart is going to come out of your in, and show out in your life and in your actions and in your words. It's just a matter of time. Come on, somebody. But then also the second principle was this that we gave last Sunday evening. The second principle was this, that it's just a matter of time before the seeds that you have sown will bring forth fruit in your life. The seeds that you have sown. Paul said it in Galatians chapter number 6. He said that uh, don't be deceived. He said God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he what? Also reap. And then he went on to say if we sow to the flesh, of the flesh we reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, of the Spirit we will reap life from the Spirit. We'll reap life everlasting. And then he said, don't be weary in well-doing because in due season we shall reap 
if we do not faint or if we do not lose heart. So it's just a matter of time. Are you listening? There's a time for everything. And it's just a matter of time before the seeds that you've been sowing are going to become a fruit, become fruit in your life. They're going to be manifested in your life. Whether it's good seed, what are you sowing to tonight? What are you sowing into all week long? Do you sow seeds into the flesh? Or are you sowing into the Spirit? Are you walking after the flesh? Are you walking after the Spirit? Amen? We have to answer that question, each one of us individually. But it's just a matter of time that if we're sowing the wrong kind of seed, that seed's going to come up and we're not going to like that crop. Are you listening? It's the law of sowing and reaping. And we tell, you know, we tell young people this. We tell people this all the time. Don't sow those wild oats. Don't go out there and sow those. Well, I'm going to sow those wild oats and then I'll pray for a crop failure. Don't sow. Don't sow them. Amen. <laughs> don't sow those wild oats. Because it's just a matter of time to where when you sow, those, those, sow to the flesh, you're going to reap, uh, reap corruption. Amen. And we said also, you know, that has to do with sowing to the flesh and sowing to the Spirit. But remember, it also has to do, Paul said, with sowing into the kingdom of God of our finances. And Paul talked about it in Corinthians. And that was it 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, I believe, and we read it. We won't take time to go there tonight. But he said, He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. He was talking about giving. He said, So let every one of us give. God loves a cheerful giver. So according to that, the, 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 the finances and the money that you give into the kingdom of God, the Paul said, was, was likened into seed that's being sown into the kingdom of God and you will reap a harvest of what you've put into the kingdom of God and what you've sown. And I think I mentioned this last Sunday night and that is that we don't give just to get. And there's a lot of teaching going on about that, you know. Well, they make God a big slot machine. And we'll just stick some money in there and pull the arm, and then maybe we'll hit the jackpot. That's not the motive that we give with. We give because God has blessed us. I try to stress this every Sunday when, I re when we receive tithing and offering. We give because God has blessed us and God has promised us. But can I tell you, we do have the promise that if we sow to the kingdom of God, of our finances, that we will also reap financial blessing. We will reap spiritual blessing. We will reap material blessing. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 38, Give, and what did He say? You know that verse? Give, and what? You'll go broke? No. He said, give, and it shall be given to you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you give with, it shall be measured unto you again. And so, you know, the Bible says that God has, David said, I've been young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never saw God's seed begging bread. So it's just a matter of time. Well, Brother Rick, I've been given tithe and given offerings and I haven't seen anything. It's just a matter of time. You just be faithful. You just keep sowing. Just keep bringing that tenth in to the Lord and giving to the Lord. It's just a matter of time till the harvest begins to come in. 
It also goes with sowing the seed of the Word of God into the hearts of those who are lost. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, was it 10 and 11, that, that God's Word, He said, the Word that's gone out of my mouth will not return to me void. What He has said, it will, it will come to pass. So just, you know, the, every opportunity you get, if you have family or friends that are unsaved, every opportunity that you have to not to necessarily preach to them. Every time you get around an unsaved relative, you don't want to grab them by the collar and pick them up and say, you, you dirty rascal, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know, that's probably not wisdom to do that, amen? Slap them upside the head and say, you, you liar, you're going, to, you're going to burn, you're going to rot in hell. No, but, but take opportunity to sow the Word of God into their heart and into their life, amen? And uh, that seed, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. You're praying for that loved one. It's just a matter of time until that seed will produce that's been sown in their hearts and in their life. You know, what was it? Um, Paul said, I have sown. And then Apollos come along and did some watering. Amen. But then God did what? Who gave the increase? God gave the increase. So Paul had sown the gospel seed into people's hearts. And then Apollos came along and he, he'd done a little preaching and he put a little water on it. And somebody else came along and watered it. And that's the way that you are to pray for those family members and loved ones. Lord, send somebody, send a labor, send somebody across their path that will share the gospel with them. You know, sometimes it's easier for a stranger or or for some, or one of their friends or acquaintances to share the gospel with them than it is for you as a relative to share the gospel because they may not want to pay no attention to what you say. But oh, you can pray, Lord, send somebody to them to share the gospel with them. I never will forget. It's been a few years ago. I was praying. I was praying for my family. I was praying for my kids. And, and that particular morning I said, Lord, just today bring to their remembrance, you know, when they, when they were smaller and they went to youth camps and, and the experiences that they had in youth camp. I said, bring that to their remembrance. Deal with them about that. And you know what? It wasn't just, oh man, it was just a few days later that our, our, our youngest son, I was talking to him and he said, you know, weirdest thing. He said, just the other day, he said, all of a sudden, he said, I started thinking about that camp, those youth camps we used to go to. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Hallelujah. Praise, that's the Holy Ghost does that. That's the way we need to pray. Lord, send somebody. Let, Lord, let them be, let them be, let them be turning the dial or punching. There ain't no buttons anymore, are they? Uh, yeah, they are, but they're digital. Hey, let them be hit, just hit the scan on the radio and let it stop on Sun Life Radio just about the time that somebody's really bearing down and preaching about the blood of Jesus and preaching about being saved. Amen, that they'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, God will do it to get the seed sown. It's just a matter of time. If the seed's sown in their heart, then it will bring forth a harvest of, of their salvation. And nobody's going to get saved without the word being sown in their heart. I said nobody's going to be saved without the word being sown in their heart. Amen. That's why we got to have preaching. Amen? Got to have preaching. I'm a little prejudiced. I like preaching, but you got to have it. Somebody's got to do it. Got to have it. 
Amen. So, just a matter of time, if you sow the seeds, those seeds that you sow will, be, uh, will bring a harvest. Amen. Amen. So thirdly, it's just a matter of time, and I like this, just a matter of time that the trial that you're in, the test that you're in, will be a testimony in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It's just a matter of time. I don't know if anybody may be going through a trial right now or you may be being tested, uh, but it's just a matter of time. If you are, just let me encourage you tonight that it's just a matter of time. That trial won't last forever. It's just a matter, if you'll stay faithful to the Lord, it's just a matter of time before that test will be your testimony. And you'll be standing up and giving praise to the Lord for bringing you out. You know, I know I think about Patty and Terry and Lauren and, 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 and the baby, you know, here just a few weeks ago. They went through a terrible test, a terrible trial, you know, with bad report on... Um, on the baby and uh, on Lauren's baby. And then, but you know what? They stood firm in that. And they believed God in that. And they came for prayer. And we prayed with them. And other people were praying. And they stood on the Word of God. And do you know what? Now that test is a testimony because the doctors and the tests have showed that the baby's okay. The baby's perfect. Amen. Oh, yeah, Peter said this. I think I quoted this verse this morning. But um, Peter said, Think it not strange. Was it 1 Peter 4 and 12? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rather rejoice in that. And we all go through those, those times in our life and those tests and those trials when it seems like that it's a strange thing. And we say, Lord, why am I having to go through this? What's the purpose of this? But man, listen, if you will just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and just trust in Him and submit to Him, I want you to know, I want you to know, God will always bring you through the fire. Amen? Those three, listen, those three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, went into that fiery furnace and the king, you know, he knew that would be their demise. But they had already made the declaration, we're not bowing to your, to your golden image. And you might throw us into this fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, but I want you to know, here was their testimony, I want you to know that the God we serve, our God is able to deliver us out of that fiery furnace. But they didn't stop there. Then they said, but if he don't, but even if he don't, even if we burn up in there, even if we're consumed in there, even if he don't, we have made up our mind that he will deliver us from your hand and we've made up our mind that we're not going to bow to that image. It don't matter what we go through. But I'm going to tell you what, Nebuchadnezzar heated that thing seven times hotter than it, than it had ever been heated before through those three guys in there bound up with their hands bound but praise God they fell down into that fiery furnace but there was a fourth man in the fire he threw three in but there was a fourth man Jesus came down and got in the fiery furnace with those boys and the fire had no 
hurt on them whatsoever. Can I get an amen? They came out of that fiery furnace and their fiery trial was now a testimony of the power of God and how he could deliver, deliver them from that fiery trial. Amen? It's just a matter of time. Just hang in there. Fourth watch of the night, but Jesus is coming on the water. Woo! He's coming through the darkness, amen? Oh, Job, you know, man, he lost everything he had. He was, he was, the devil wiped him out. He lost everything that he had. All of his cattle, all of his wealth, all of his riches, and his uh, children were all killed. But, you know, Job just stayed faithful to the Lord. And do you know what? His trial lasted. That test of Job's lasted for about nine months. But his test later on became his testimony. Are you listening to me? I love what the Scripture says about Job. And uh, my favorite part of the book of Job, because most of us read the first two chapters, of Job, and we leave him in the ash heap, and he's scratching his boils with a piece of broken pottery, and that's kind of where we leave him, but that wasn't where God left him. God did not leave Job in the ash heap. God did not leave him full of sore boils. He didn't die. Job didn't die sick from those boils. And Job didn't die broken in poverty. Are you listening to me? Because Job came through the fire. And Job came through the test. And the Bible says in, in the book of Job, in the 42nd chapter of Job, in the, that which is the last chapter. See, we've got to go to the last chapter. James said, you've heard of the patience of Job and you've suffered the end of the Lord. Well, the end of the Lord is in Job chapter 42. Are you listening? The end of the Lord is in the 10th verse of the 42nd chapter. And it says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord, here's what I like, Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He got double for his trouble. Come on, somebody. I said he got double for his trouble. Everything that the enemy Satan had stolen from him because he made it through this test. He stayed true to God. It was a time element. There was a time element involved, but it was just a matter of time till God reached down and healed Job's body. There wasn't any more boils on him, and God restored every sheep. God restored every donkey. God restored every oxen. Everything that had been taken away, God said, I'm going to give it back to you, but not just what you lost. I'm going to give you back twice as much as what you had before. The devil ain't got no sense. He goes to messing and God goes to blessing. It's just a matter of time. Come on, church. I thought I didn't have a preach left in me tonight. I'll be crawling out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Verse 12 of that 42nd chapter. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. It 
was just a matter of time. He had to endure some things. He had to go through some things. But praise God, his test became a testimony. Amen? Gave him all of his sheep back. Gave him all of his camels back. Double, double of everything. His donkeys, his oxen. And then also, he also had seven sons and three daughters. Gave him, gave him ten kids back. Devil killed all ten, ten of his children, and he gave him ten kids back. Amen. You know, I don't know about, you know, Mrs. Job, so Sister Job. Sister Job, you know, had said, why don't you just curse God and die? And then later on, God says, well, you'll just have ten more youngins. <laughs> oh, we're having fun yet. <laughs> Ten more kids. Somebody said, well, he didn't double his kids. Well, think of it this way. He had ten. He had ten. If they went to heaven, God gave him ten more. So when he got to heaven and they all got to heaven, he had twenty. Come on, somebody. They was double kids too. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's just a matter of time until that test becomes your testimony. Don't give up in the trial. Don't give up in the test. Amen? Joseph, you know, he was, he was lied upon. I don't know, what makes people lie on people? Anybody got any idea? I can't figure it out. I mean, Christian people shouldn't do that. Well, Potiphar's wife wasn't saved, but she was lying on Joseph. And Potiphar believed her and didn't believe Joseph and wound up, Joseph wound up spending several years in prison for something that he did not do. He was innocent of it. He wound up spending several years in prison and he went through a test. But how many of y'all know he was faithful in that? You never read, you never read anywhere in the Bible where Joseph ever complained not one time. You never read anything about him ever complaining. And I believe that if he would have, God would have recorded it because he sure recorded all the murmurings of the children of Israel. Amen. But he didn't complain. He stayed true to the Lord. He didn't understand what he was going through. He didn't understand the test. But he still remained faithful to the Lord. And there came a day, it was just a matter of time, until, until when God's time and God's purpose came to pass in his life and Joseph... Joseph saw the day where he was delivered out of that prison. He saw the day when he was elevated in one day. Listen to me, saints. In one day, he was elevated from being a prisoner in the dungeon to being the second highest ranking officer in the, the, the kingdom of Egypt. Amen? I mean, he was second in command only to Pharaoh. Only God. Are you hearing me? Only God can do something like that. Only God can pick you up out of a dungeon and set you at a place of exaltation. Amen. Well, nothing that Joseph did to, do, to, to cause that to happen, only he remained true and faithful to the Lord in the midst of that trial. And it was just a matter of time till his test became a testimony. And he gave that testimony to his brothers when they came to Egypt to get food. He stood 
and told them, he told them, he said, what you did to me in selling me as a slave, you meant it to me for evil, but God meant it to me for good. He had a testimony. Glory to God. He had a testimony. So hang on. Don't quit. Keep rolling. <laughs> amen, amen. Hallelujah. Last of all, let me close. I got six minutes and I'm got to hush. This this last point. So I'm gonna preach this. Maybe we maybe we ought to. I don't know what they got planned for altar. But it's just a matter of time. Here's here's the last one. It's just a matter of time before the Lord that you serve will be the Lord that you see. It's just, come on, amen. It's just a matter of time before the Lord whom you serve is going to be the Lord that you see. Because as I mentioned this morning and said this morning, and I want to re reiterate it again tonight, Jesus is coming again. And He's coming soon. People are scoffing today. They're scoffers that downplay the second coming of the Lord. There's those who make light of the rapture of the church. They, 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 they say, well, there, there's no such thing as a rapture. They make a light of us and they call us those who believe in pie in the sky and sweet by and by. Well, they can say what they want to. I believe that the Bible teaches that there will be a rapture of the saints. There will be a resurrection, the first resurrection. And that first resurrection is the resurrection of the just. Amen. There will be a second resurrection of the unjust that will take place a thousand years later. But blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. For upon them the second death has no power, the scripture says. I don't know about anybody else. I think I'm looking though at some folks tonight that want to be a part of that first resurrection. Amen. The resurrection of the just. The rapture and resurrection are synonymous terms. When we talk about the rapture, we're talking about the resurrection. And Jesus is coming. And the Bible says that he's, He is coming as a thief in the night. And the thing about it, there's going to be a lot of people that are not, are not ready for His appearing. And, uh, but, but you know, you and I have got to live every moment of our life like we are expecting and anticipating Jesus to come and split the clouds of glory at any moment. We got to be listening with our spiritual ear every minute of every day for the sound of that trumpet. Amen. That wasn't a very good trumpet blast, but you know what I'm talking about. We've got to be listening for the sound of that trumpet. We've got to be listening for the shout command of the Lord Jesus Christ. For Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4 that the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the ark Archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those family members and those loved ones of ours that have already, already died and already went to be with the Lord, their spirit and soul are with Jesus, but their body is, is laid to rest in that grave. But what's going to happen at the first resurrection is when that trumpet sounds, oh come on, when that trumpet sounds and when Jesus gives that 
shout command the graves of every saint of God that, that their bodies have been laid in those graves, those graves are going to open up. The spirit and the soul that has been with the Lord will reunite with that body. And in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye, Paul said, at the last trump, this mortal will put on immortality and this corruption will put on incorruption and then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Because death will be swallowed up in victory. I'm telling you what, there ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. I said, there ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Woo! Jesus is coming. Listen, it's just a matter of time. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain, if the rapture takes place tonight. Oh, I wished it would. I wished it would. Be fine, wouldn't it? We should be looking for that. That glorious day of the coming of the Lord. But if the rapture takes place tonight, my mom and dad, we've got got two two, uh, daughters that have went to be with the Lord. They're buried down there at Cape. Vicky's parents are buried there. Our grandparents are buried there. All of our loved ones and family members, we've all laid to rest family members that have gone to be with the Lord. And we, we, we've, we've stood around those graves and we've wept bitter tears because of those loved ones that, that have died and we've had to lay their bodies in the grave. But oh, hallelujah. Every time, every time uh, 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 I preach a funeral of someone that's a part of this church and, and I know that they've gone to heaven, those, listen, those are the easy funerals to preach. And those that have served the Lord and they know, have known Jesus. But every time I preach a funeral and we go to that cemetery and we stand around for the committal, we're ready for the committal service. And I always read those verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 on on the corruptible and, and uh, putting on incorruption, those verses about the resurrection. But always think about how that Paul said that that body is sown in weakness, but it will be raised in power and in glory. It's sown a natural body. Are you listening to me now? It's sown a natural body in that earth, but it's going to be raised a spiritual body. There's the sowing and reaping again. This body's going to be sown if the Lord tears. One of these days, you know, I had, it, had that picture on Facebook of that tombstone the other day and said, I, I got that, that, that face app that tells you what you're going to look like in 40 years when it showed me a tombstone. I mean, in 40 years, I'd be over 100. I might make it. I might make it. But here's the thing, though. I really don't think it's going to be 40 years until the Lord comes for His church and takes His his church home. But I always think, you know, there's that body sown in weakness, but it's going to be raised a spiritual body, a glorified body like the body of Jesus. But it's just a matter of time. Till the Lord that you serve tonight. Just a matter of time. Till the Lord that, that we pray to. We, you know, this morning's service was so awesome. The presence of God. You can't, you can't, there's, there's not enough money in the world 
to, to pay for the presence of God that we experienced in this house this morning in that service. And we, we fellowship with the Lord and we pray to the Lord and we commune with the Lord and we read His Word and He speaks to us through His Word. But the Lord, that Lord that we pray to and that Lord that we sing about and that Lord that we read about, it's just a matter of time. And that Lord that we serve and that Lord that we have served all of our lives, it's just a matter of time until we shall see Him face to face. Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face and there to sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, I'm home at last, ever to rejoice. Come on, somebody. The Lord we serve will be the Lord we see. It's just a matter of time. Don't lose hope. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't turn back. It's just a matter of time till we're going to go to be with Jesus. The trumpet is going to sound. Amen. Give the Lord a praise tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, come on, worship team. Let's come and worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. We're going to leave this old world. We're going to leave for seven years. When we leave here at the rapture, we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll sit down at the table. And the Bible said, Jesus said that He would serve us. Oh, come on, son. I'm telling you what. Woo! He's going to serve us. And we're going to, you mean we're going to eat in heaven? Yeah. At that resurrection, we'll have that resurrection body. Hey, remember Jesus after he rose from the dead? He sat down, he ate, he, 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 he met with his disciples, he had dinner with them, he ate bread, he prepared some fish on the beach, on the seashore, and they came over and ate fish and bread with them. Amen. Yeah, we're going to eat. I don't know what we're going to have to eat in heaven. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you what. You ain't had nothing like it down here. It's going to be some good stuff. Amen. But we'll be at that marriage supper of the Lamb. And it will be the time of the judgment seat of Christ.